Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! on sports fans good morning afternoon evening whatever time zone you are in i'm bill murphy i am a raspy lawrence patch medlang what's up how's it going danny boy reginald what's going on and welcome to the the eighth inning of the seventh game of of sports insanity network sports insanity podcast we got a great show for you today folks don't we always yes, we man always we always have a great show um as you can see unfortunately we're one man down today um mark old ops guy halpern is a little under the weather so he couldn't join us today we hope he feels better and we hope he's back next week kicking ass you know what i'm under the weather and i'm here so no excuses but you know what he gets one he's a father too so he gets the pass this week because I was on vacation last week. So he get so he gets the pass. There, I stamped that. Okay, so we got some March Madness to talk about. We got some baseball to talk about. We're also oh we also gotta talk about the Tyreek Hill trade. And also some NBA and NHL stuff. You know what, guys? Why are we sitting here talking about it when we could just get to it? Am I right? Yes, but you're, you you mentioned everything else we're going to talk about, but you missed the main point of the show, which is the Final Four is happening this weekend. Exactly. Yeah, I said March Madness. It ties into everything. Well, yeah, but, you, but, but, but you, you have to bring in the Final Four, dude. Like, come on. on. Just, you got to, no, it's kick off with Final Four, and then we get to the rest of the crap we're going to bullshit about later. Anyway, okay, let's talk, as I have just been reminded, let's talk about the Final Four. Yes, Final Four. First game on, uh, was it Saturday or Sunday? Uh, both of them are on Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Hey, Saturday basketball, why not? We got Villanova and Kansas. And then also we got UNC and Duke renew their rivalry one more time for Coach K. We're going to see where that goes there. But starting off with Villanova and Kansas. Hey, Villanova had an interesting path to the Final Four. Defeated Delaware, which was the 15th seed, 80-69. Then they beat Ohio State University, 71-61. to Michigan, 63-55. to And then to get to the Final Four, they defeated Houston, 50-44. to And what I found interesting is that all these games were very close for Villanova. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's Let interesting. Me- no, no, it is really interesting that the that the games are really close, close. But you know, Villanova's a pretty scrappy team, and and you know, I think those, and I think those close games are warrant are warranted because Villanova is a very strong team. Well, the, well, the, well, their first two matchups they only won by ten points, and then against Michigan they only won by eight, and then against Houston they only won by six. So it shows vulnerability in Villanova that that they could have been upset at any point during the tournament. Yet they anyway. still managed to hold the fort down. Well, I mean, the fact that it's close just goes to show you that it doesn't really matter what seed you are. It matters that, you know, you're in it to win in the tournament and, uh, you know, high seed, low seed, you're going to go after whatever you can to win the games. And obviously in the case for Nova, they squeaked out a few victories. Yes. On the flip side with um, Kansas, you know, only number one seed left their path to the final four. Um, Texas Southern Christian 83 to 56 win against Creighton 79 to 72, which was only their kind of close loss and uh, almost close win. I mean, 
And then Providence, uh, another close win that they squeaked out, 66 to 50. And then against Miami, 76 to 50. So, hey, look at Kansas. First Final Four appearance since 2018. Villanova also, this is their first Final Four appearance since 2018. What's your thoughts on Kansas, guys? Dan, you want to go first? Oh, great run. All I can say about it, it's, it's wonderful to see that we finally have a number one seeded team in the final four. I was kind of scared that we wouldn't. Um, but it's good that they're making this big run. They played very well on both ends of the court. And at the end of the day, they took care of business. They, they talked and walked the fact that they were top seed. I think Kansas has really been, you know, they're really a beast because I think like the only really close win was the Providence win was the win against Providence. Everything else, they, they just like blow open the, they blow open the doors. If you know what I mean, they basically, they basically blow open the doors and end up taking a huge league. And I think, Listen, as you said about like with Villanova, a lot of their wins have been close, but I think they're going to really have to be on their guard with Kansas on Saturday because this is a team, again, that could blow open the doors and turn this game into a blowout. And we've been seeing that over the path throughout this tournament. And you know what? I have Kansas winning it all in my bracket. And you know what? I, st- I still stand by that decision. Well. With, well, with uh, Providence, it was only a 16-point victory. With Creighton, their um, sw- um, round of 32 matchup, that was only a seven-point win. So Creighton almost played big spoiler there. Providence held yeah. their own. But Providence yeah, held their but, own, too. Right, and but Kansas takes care of business when they absolutely have to. And I feel like, you know, since, this, since Villanova, their games have – they've had – way different results in Kansas throughout this tournament that I feel like Kansas is going to be the one to do, you know, if they have the advantage and then they're going to explode for a big lead that they're going to do that. And in a final four situation, like it is absolutely big that Kansas comes through here. It really is. Now it doesn't mean Villanova can't win. I'm sure Villanova absolutely can. They, they, They've been able to throughout this tournament and, of course, throughout the Big East. But, you know, two teams, different personalities, really. All right. Now that the warm-up game is out of the way of the Final Four, we're going to get to the big Final Four. The other, the other half of the Final Four, we got UNC and Duke. As we all know, the last meeting between UNC and Duke ended in a – UNC spoiler of Coach K's final home game with a 94-81 win before March Madness started. So there's a little blood in the water for Duke to try to get a little revenge. But also interesting enough, this will be the first time that these two teams meet meet in March Madness. The only other time they met each other after the ACC tournament was in the 1971 NIT semifinals where UNC beat Duke 73 to 69. So we got a bunch of history here. That's yeah, going to, as we all know, this is coach K's last final four. He actually now has the most final four appearances in NCAA history with 13. Whoop, the friend. And now universe and the university of North Carolina has now the most wins in NCAA tournament history. Okay. Okay. This has been random facts with Bill. Yes, love love the random facts with William Murphy. Corpus Crispy. Oh, Corpus Crispy. I forgot about that. Yeah, dang. All right. Start with UNC. This is their first Final Four appearance since 2017. Their path to the Final Four. Defeating Marquette, 93 to 63. Knocking off with the upset in the second round, knocking off number one Baylor 93 to 86, defeating UCLA 73 to 66, and then finally putting an end to the Cinderella story 
of St. Peter's with a 69-49 win. Shout out to the Peacocks. Hey, you're an NCAA tournament history becoming, you know, the first 15th seed to yeah. reach the Elite Eight. So we have to give props to St. Peter's because you know what? Who doesn't love a feel-good Cinderella story? And you know what? Give me a 30 for 30 on this. Yeah, uh, uh, would have been, a 30 for 30 would have been better if they actually won it. Uh, well, I, I don't know. You're the first to get to the Elite Eight. It's like, yeah, it's a great story. Don't get me wrong, but they only went to the Elite Eight. So it's like, well, fine. I if, want teams that are going to win it or get close to winning it. Well, fine. If I'm going to do a 30 for 30, give me a 30 for 30 short then. Don't give me a full. Fair. Short worthy. Fine. If that's Fair. the case, do we, do, do we give UNBC one for their no. first round? Do they no. get a short? No. No? Okay. We'll give them a little time. On. They would. It would have been better if they had gone further and further and further. Um, of course, that year the the real third for three would be for Loyola Chicago. Um, but um, Sister Jean, God bless her. Bless <laughs> yeah, I know. Jean. She, she, she's still going strong. One hundred and two years old. God bless her. God strong. bless that woman. Uh, just came back to St. Peter's for a second. Great job defensively against uh, Providence. They did a very good job against them. Um, it was the back and forth game on Friday, and it just you know, it was a pretty much a nail biter, something that you want to see in the tournament. And you know it, uh, it it went their way. Obviously, the game against North Carolina didn't quite you know go as expect as they wanted to then of course they got blown out and look that that's going to happen you know when you're bill when you and i you know we talk about good teams and bad teams not that yes. St. wasn't a bad team they're a very good team and they went to elite eight that that's pretty good result for ncaa tournament team especially for a 15 seed but what it goes to show you is that there's a reason why st peter's was a 15 seed and that game against north carolina pretty much summed all that up yeah and um and because you know as they I, I think it was on um abc sports recap last night you know like saint peter's were missing shots that they should have been making and right. but you know and you know what like this is a team like here's the thing now guys about saint peter's it puts them on the map because they're a small school with usually like juniors and um with juniors and seniors who get scholarships there. And it's not like a big school. And these are the words of my dad, shout out to Papa Murph. Um, like a big school like North Carolina or Duke in which, you know, they're there to play a year or two and then go to the NBA draft. And also um, <laughs> that, you know, where I was, when I found out about St. Peter's beat in Purdue. What? I was on a I was at a roulette table in Foxwoods. Oh, good for you! Did you win? Did you win in roulette? Um, <laughs> I did pretty good that night. I was coming out of the cage doing just fine. How did you win? Uh, is that really necessary to talk about? On a <laughs> we will edit it out. Um, I think that night I was probably of about one fifty. For you. Yeah, but um, and also, Patch, you shared this with us. You shared this with us. The Peacocks beat Purdue. Well, first, what I was saying about my dad comes over and says, St. Peter's just beat Purdue. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, just happened. No, no, St. Yeah, St. Peter's beat Purdue. And also, and Patch, you shared this with us in the group chat. The the St. The St. Peter's Peacocks beat Purdue on National Peacock Day. That's right. And it yeah, was I, like, said, I said, I, I apologize. I said Providence was Purdue. That's my bad. I get dinged on that one. Hey, any boy <laughs> with a ding for once. Yeah. Rarely, that very rarely happens. That's the ding of the year. Yeah, and it's yeah exactly. Like, it's kind of like what we talked about last week with Notre Dame, how they got <clears> into <throat> the tournament on St. Patrick's Day. And, and, and St. Peter's got into the Elite Eight on National Peacock Day. How appropriate is that? Yeah. Me means it was meant to be for that win. It was. <laughs> yeah. I so, mean, yeah, it's just meant to be. You know, it, they, again, 
all they wanted to do was prove. And they proved. Proved big time and made New Jersey proud. Yeah, they're, they're going to have a celebration for them, I heard. No, well, that's good. Yeah, good. I mean, they should. Strong hey, performance. Maybe, maybe it's more St. Peter's appearances down the road. Maybe. Might be getting to know St. Peter's just a little bit more. But yeah. enough about the Peacocks. We got to talk about UNC for a moment. Once again, beat Marquette, defeated number one Baylor, beat UCLA, defeated St. Peter's. And now they're one win away from a national championship appearance. Can they get it done against Duke? I think they could, but I'll be honest. I think it's going to be a freaking bloodbath because Coach K's last Final Four, I think Duke is going to be hungry. And because they because they probably want coach because they want Coach K to go out on top. But if I were to pick for this, I'm gonna have to say Duke. Danny boy. Well, I'm thinking who's gonna win. I'm thinking for you know immediate perspective type of thing. Um obviously they would want Duke because Coach K's final run, it's gonna bring big ratings to the you know TBS and all that stuff. So, yeah, you would want no Duke. Don't sleep on this Carolina team, man. I'm going to pick UNC, honestly. Like, I think that UNC has been very impressive throughout this tournament, being an eight seed. And the fact that they, you know, have had such great games so far. Like, you, you really can't. There's really not one game where I was like, wow, this North Carolina team scares me a lot you know when it comes to closing out no they've been able to do it very solidly so i'm i'm choosing unc for this one coach k's run as coach ends in the final four if he goes on to the national championship god bless him though <laughs> that'll be something man yeah, and and with duke this is their first final four appearance since 2015 so in the words of the rock and roll band stain it's been a while <laughs> They're back to. Wow. All right. It, to Duke's path. Uh, defeated number 15, the 15th seed, uh, CSU Fullerton, 78 to 61. Defeated MSU, 85 76. Uh, Texas Tech University, 78 73 in the Sweet 16. And then defeated Arkansas, 78 69 to get here. So now we're here. To me, Duke gets the job done. I've been saying this. If Duke went on a run, it's going to be in March Madness. And they're going to find a way to go out on top to give Coach K the fitting sunset story, fairy tale booking ending. Who do you think is going to win the Kansas-Villanova game? If I uh, – well, what I have in my bracket again in finals? I think I had Kansas. I think I had Duke-Kansas. Or Duke Villanova, I don't remember off the top of my head, but if I had to pick, it's going to be Kansas. We're going to have Kansas and Duke. Reg? Honestly, I think Kansas, you know, look, Nova, well, the, these games to me for Nova, the way they scare me is, you know, how many times teams can go on a run against them. And I, I just think that Kansas can take advantage of that. They'll not necessarily blow them out, but it's going to be a pretty um, – it's going to be a victory that's, you know, it's going to go one side here. I'm going to go Kansas. I'm going to – because I have them in my bracket, I want to salvage what's left of it. I'm going with Kansas as well. Hey. I think it's going to be Kansas and Duke in the, um, in the championship. Yeah. So – All right. I just got to say before we move on to other things, because – Believe it or not, we actually have other stuff to talk about. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I, ironically enough, in one bracket, I have real quick Duke and Kansas, and then in the SIP one, I have Duke and Villanova. Uh, so, so it doesn't matter really for you, <laughs> and, unless I mean, UNC wins, and then unless, then US, in, unless UNC wins, and then other than that, I got Duke. I have Duke winning it all in two, but I could, I technically could, I have one half of it right. All right, Bill, back to you. Well, I just want to say before we move on to other things, because like I said, believe it or not, we actually have other stuff to talk about. 
Um, do you, um, I think this has been one of the best NCAA tournaments I've watched in a while. What do you guys think? What I've watched, it's been a great March Madness, solely the fact off of St. Peter's just going on the run. They gave us something to believe about. They gave us to show you that, you know what, even the higher seeds can pull off a little bit of a magical run. It shows that anybody can beat anybody on any given day. I disagree. I mean... Okay, you can disagree. This is America. Yeah, I, I, I just think that, you know... Well, yes, certain games may have been fun. The St. Peter's run has been a lot of fun to watch. I think that there have been way better tournaments. You know, I feel like, you know, there have been way better games throughout the years. These games, they weren't necessarily, they were fun to, again, NCAA tournament, March Madness. Like, they're always, like, great to watch. But, you know, this one, kind of boring. You know, all, all you, you you go to March Madness for upsets and great stories, and you know St. Peter's was a great story. We didn't get that many upsets. We got some upsets, but it was like a eight seed being a one seed. I like a a twelve seed being a four or seed, whatever it is. Like I want that. I want those upsets. You know what I mean? Any boy original is an upset snob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, and, I, and, and we hey, got hey, it. Hey, we got that, but we, we did. Hey, I love upsets too. No, I love upsets too. Yeah, but Danny Boy Red is like, yes, I with his monocle. Yes, I yes, an eight seed beat a one seed, but I would rather see a twelve seed beat a four seed. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, don't jolly good. <laughs> All right. Oh, Dan, I'm just busting your chops. I appreciate that, man. Ah. Uh. Go crazy for new episodes of the Sports Insanity Podcast every week. Now available on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting a Teenager Learning the Lingo. GOAT, G O A T, acronym, stands for Greatest of All Time, as in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network, and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network. And now, back to the Sports Insanity Podcast. Moving to the sport that's played on a diamond. Not, not an actual diamond, but like a grass and dirt. Actual Close, turf enough. Close enough. Whatever they you want to call it. They actually played on an actual diamond. You never, hey, you know, backyard baseball probably had a, di- a diamond-themed um, stadium. So. Hey. With that said, MLB, spring trading's going on. Before we talk about our teams, you know, um, the Yankees, the Nationals, and we would talk about the Mets for old op sakes. Just make sure that, you no, know, we, we know that we're talking about his team. Let him know that we miss him. <laughs> Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols will return to the St. Louis Cardinals on a one-year deal for his final season in the MLB. And just to go over a little... Career stats for Mr. Pujols, 679 home runs, 3,301 hits, 2,150 RBIs, career batting average of 2.291.291. So just shy under 300 for Mr. Pujols. Billy Boy, I'll ask the question. I'll give you the answer. I'll ask you a two-parter. Well, Pujols get to 700 career home runs. And two, will he go into the Hall of Fame? I'm going to answer the second question first, if that's okay. I'm going to say, yes, he is a Hall of Famer. I am a huge fan of Albert Pujols. He's probably my, growing up, he was my favorite non-Yankee player. I think he is just a beast. Um, When it comes to 700, can you tell me again how many career home runs he has? 
is 679. So he is 21 short at the moment. I think he can do it. What do you think? I think he can do it. If he can, depending, most likely he will be the Cardinals DH for the season because, you know, hey, universal DH rule in effect everywhere finally. Debate different day. If he does play first here and there, I think there's a, I give it a, I'll give it a 48% chance. No, no, I'll go a little less than that. That's too giving a, I'll go 30% chance that he can get there. Oh, you going against Albert Pujols right now. I'm not, I'm not going against Albert Pujols just because of his age. Danny boy, the question is at 679 home runs, can Pujols get to 700, 21 short? He has to hit. He has to hit twenty-one home runs, right? I mean, it's possible. Me. Jesus Christ! It is possible. It's possible. No, no, look. If he's a DH, which he will be, fine. It will work out. But he also has to play almost every day, and he's getting older and older. And obviously, there are going to be certain injuries that are going to creep up on him. So. No, I'm just being realistic. Like, I just don't really see it in the cards for him. He could definitely hit 21 homers and get to 700. If he does, God bless him. God bless him. And also, Hall of Famer or not? What? <laughs> I come on. What are, what are we talking about here? Yeah, unless, on. unless, unless there is proof that he's such a bad person to the media that they're like, screw him, we're gonna leave him out of the Hall of Fame. He better get his ass in. Or unanimous, or, or, unanimous. I don't want to hear any more bullshit. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, I Reggie, I absolutely agree with you. I think he's a right. Hall of Famer. And what, has, what has he done wrong? And listen, we have been critical of the character clause here on the podcast for the Hall of Fame. We've been critical of the character clause, but the stuff he does off the field, he does a lot of charity work. He, I heard like, I know this was years ago, I heard he was like bringing beds down to the Dominican Republic where he's from. I heard he also organized like a prom for children with, for high school students with Down syndrome. So, yeah, listen, we've been critical of the character clause here, but if that is, if we're going by that, he is should be slam dunk, Hall of Fame, no questions asked. I, His performance on and off the field. I'm, I'm saying he's a Hall of Famer too, but I don't give him the 100% unanimous. Okay, that's kind of fair. Why not? Because you're gonna no, it's it's gonna be like Derek Jeter. They're gonna there's gonna be that one writer that you didn't didn't like him for some stupid reason, and he's gonna vote yeah no. Well, well, I'm not questioning the, the question isn't whether he's gonna get hundred percent. No, we we all know he's not going to get hundred percent. The question is, should he be hundred percent? Yes, he's gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. He's a first no, no, he's a first ballot. I'm not asking ballot. I'm talking about. Should he be unanimous? The answer is yes. Because what what is wrong with Albert Pujols? Nothing. Man's flawless. Um, yeah, I agree. This this guy should be in the Hall of Fame. Should be unanimous, but we all know that's not going to happen. Well, it might happen. You never know. You can't you, you can't do speculations right now. We got to wait till his time comes up on the ballot a couple years down the road. 2027, baby. Pujols 2027. It'll be here before you know it. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Don't don't make me think about that. Hey, time goes quick these days. All right. Moving on. We got spring. Spring trading is in full swing right now. And we got three teams to talk about. And there are teams. Of course, if you've been living under a rock the last two years of this podcast, Danny Boy and Billy Boy are Yankee fans. Mark Mark Oldowski Halpern is a Mets fan. And there's truly the patch man is a Nats fan. So let's just briefly talk about our three teams starting. We'll start with the Yankees. We'll get this out of the way. The Yankees um, did a little 
offseason moves. Josh Donaldson, Isaiah Kinner, Fafilia, Anthony Rizzo, Ben Rodevert, I, I believe. Where you guys actually wrote that Isaiah Kiner Falefa Rizzo Donaldson via trade, Kiner Falefa via trade, Ward that food trade, Ward that's injured. Fuck you. And then <laughs> what well, because we could have had Gary Sanchez and they decided to get rid of him for catcher that's not gonna play. Though I will say this though. Kyle Higashioka has been raking. And let me tell you something. He better be the starter the entire season after what I'm seeing this spring from him. And then just um, for fun sakes, um, Aaron Judge, does he get a new – what kind of deal is he going to get? I know, Dan, you, me, Rifkin, and Old Ops guy talked about this the other day when we met for a little bit. Yeah, you- I'd say here's why we'll say, and then we're going to get to you, Bill, because I know this is important for you, too. And I got a thought, too, about it, so. I think the Yankees should extend Judge. <clears throat> However, I just don't think anything north of six years is the right thing for him, for the future of the franchise. Because then age is going to be a factor. And I just don't think the Yankees should be committing to such a long extension with someone that's going to get older. And let's be honest, like if they're going to continue this route of analytics and stuff, you know, analytics changes all the time. I just don't know if, you know, the Yankees – you know, signing Judge for a long time is going to really be up with that. Bill. But you all know I love Aaron Judge. And, Reg, I'm gonna, I would probably sign for maybe like five years. But you, you are right if it's more than six years because you've got to look at uh, – let's see, how old is Aaron – okay, Aaron Judge is 29, which and in the sports world he's – okay, he's not old – well, the thing is, he he was an old rookie. Like he came in his mid to late twenties as a rookie. So, like by the time he's going to finish whatever contract, his first contract to the Yankees, it's gonna he's going to be in his thirties. So imagine giving a ten year contract to someone that's in their thirties. Like they're not going to be around forever. But mind, you know what? Because they're like gonna. Like he is technically a franchise player. Yeah. But they want to, I think eventually, and I'm not saying this could 100% happen. They could probably want to make him the next Derek Jeter. And what I mean is make him the face of the franchise for now. But that's hard to talk about because Judge is injury prone. Yeah. That's another thing. Patchy, I 100% agree with you. That is, it's like, Listen, again, as I said a few seconds ago, I love Aaron Judge, but I feel like there's times when he steps out of the dugout, he twists something. <laughs> um, God bless him, but he, but you know what? I would say give him four, maybe five years. Um, I, it, I'll, I'll go six. Okay. I'm, so I'm you're, thinking, you're taking the, okay, I'm taking <laughs> the other five years. I'm going five years, too, with an opt-out after two. Well, Patchy's agreeing with me on something. This why not? Why day. not? Why not opt out after three so that we can get three good years out of him? Because if we get two right. good years out of him, it's like okay, well now my value is worth more. We're going to lose it. But if we get three years out of him, and the Yankees win the World Series, understand well, my true. point. Understand my point. If, I understand your point. If they do win a World Series, Reg and Patch, I'll ask you this in a second, but I want to get a fellow Yankee fan's opinion here. Mm. Um, if they win a World Series, do you think they should say, all right, Judge, name your, all right, Aaron, name your price? No. No. God, no. No, 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 no. Under this new CBA, forget it. <laughs> no. no. No, 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 no. They don't ask anything. Don't you dare give anyone blank checks in baseball. You crazy? <laughs> 
marched to his door with a giant blank check. All right, Aaron, name your price we hired 10 people to carry this check. I want I want to own the Yankees. All right, $4.9 billion. Here you go. <laughs> All right, and then the other question I want to ask to you guys is, you're starting rotation. Do you guys like it? Because your starting five, I think, is Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery, Luis Severino, Nestor Cortez, uh, Cortez and then uh, Jamison uh, Taylor. It's Jamison, Jamison Tyone. Thank you. My apologies to him for botching his name. Um, Do you guys, should you guys go out and get another pitcher to help out this rotation in some way, make someone else maybe a setup? Uh, Reg, I think maybe, maybe we should think about getting another pitcher. What do you think, buddy? I think so too, but I, unfortunately, we were talking about analytics earlier. Based on the Yankees, use of the numbers they're gonna ride out with this rotation they are banking on severino to be really good and i think it's a mistake because look i like luis severino i appreciate that he wants to be a starter but last year out of the bullpen luis severino was like money something that i've never seen from severino in a long time and I wanted Severino to be a starter. But when I see him come back from an injury and be lights out out of the bullpen, I'm thinking, oh, my God, bullpen guy. So, but they decided not to do that. They decided for him to be a starter, which, is, which has been their plan the entire time. They're banking on him to be really good. If he's really bad, the Yankees are in trouble because there's really no one else in that back in besides that's like you know obviously Garrett Cole's really good but there's no one else behind him that's that screams we're the best and it sucks yeah I I agree with you like first of all I love Garrett Cole except I'm still getting over his performance in that one game playoff if you if you watched the live stream that night, you, you remember Reggie. I went totally batshit crazy. <laughs> oh, and Patchy was enjoying every moment of it, weren't you? I think I, I think I was bowling while going while you guys were live, and I came in live while I was actually just bowling with my AirPods in. You were just getting up, and I'm and I'm like, okay, oh, turn I was I was having a, a time of my life watching the game at the bowling alley with all my teammates who are Yankee fans, and they're just going. Bat shit crazy. And you're sitting there thinking, hmm, I love watching these guys go bat shit uh, crazy. And I, Bill's I, probably having a heart attack right now. I, he probably I sat had back. on standby to give him last rites. I sat back and I just like, uh, it's going to be a fun time roasting my friends the next time I see them. <laughs> yeah, love All you right. too, Patch. I love you guys too. Okay, so I'm going to throw three pitcher names out there. Who do you think you guys should sign? I'm going to throw you three pitchers that are still available, apparently. Okay. Uh, Johnny Cueto, Cole no. Hamels, Chris Archer. No, no, yes. Chris Archer. I'm going to agree with Reg on that one, Archer. Even I, though well, Chris, I, I think Chris Archer is a little overrated, but I'd rather him because of age one and two. Chris Archer is actually proven to be really good. Not that Cueto is proven great. Cole Hamels. It's like another. It's like if it, maybe a decade ago, I'll take Cole Hamels. I can't well, take well, Cole Hamels. Cole, now. Well, Cole Hamels was injured. I think Chris Archer was injured too, and then Cueto went seven and seven last season with a four point oh eight ERA. No way. Give me Chris Archer. Excuse me. I'm gonna give you guys Chris Archer. Throw Chris Archer in that rotation. Yankees will be okay. I'm stunned that. Nestor Cortez is in that starting depth chart. Like, well, that's I mean, no, and don't that get comes me wrong. from our, right? That comes from ESPN, right? I, I mean, MLB.com say, <laughs> MLB.com say, well, let's see what they say. Yeah, the, 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 he, he's he's definitely at the top. I mean, he, he's in that rotation, you know, so I don't know, I'm a little skeptical. 
Nestor Cortez did very well last last season with the Yankees. Yeah, he um, did. Scary to put him, knowing that he may go no more than five innings. I, I can't. I don't know. Whatever. Patrick, move on. <laughs> All right. Taking a subway down to Queens, the New York Mets um, kind of like did what Bill wants to think that the Yankees will do for Aaron Judge, just open up a, book, a checkbook and say, what do you want? Yeah, that's what Steve Cohen's been doing. Steve Cohen's been giving out money, making trades. Uncle Stevie spending money, baby. And the Mets might do something finally. Again, this millennium. Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, Sterling Marte. Eduardo Escobar, Adamata Vino, got Mr. Showwater as their manager. And their bull, their starting five is probably one of the best, at, at least not their starting three. Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett. So, what do you think about the Mets? I think their pitching is going – they got probably one of the best rotations in baseball right now. We got DeGrom and Scherzer. Mm. That, that – those two alone, that is freaking scary, man. That's like, that's like Steven Strasburg and Max Scherzer in the past. That, that one-two combo going to be deadly. Jacob DeGrom has got it going on. Remember that one, Reg? Yes. <laughs> Al Dukes, that one's for you, buddy. Um. But now I think the Mets are really building a good team here. And you, you guys all know I'm a big Yankee fan, but I talk to my, you know, my Met fan friends and I'm like, yeah, no, the Mets are building something good here. And I think they're going to be just fine this year. And that one's for old ops guy. You know what? The Mets might finally end their suffering. I mean, ultimately, the Nets have a great starting rotation. They also have a good bullpen. They improved hitting-wise. You know, ultimately, this team is loaded with players, and their payroll has gone up massively. They're above the Yankees. Uh, obviously, that's more due to the Scherzer deal, but still, like, they're, they're making – moves to improve the ball club and it, it it's it's gonna be incredible to watch the mess like steve cohen you know bought this team 2021 or 2020 which is a mindset of building a team to win with his billions of dollars and that's what he's done that's what he's doing it's great like yeah, i said he's got the checkbook open uncle stevie <coughs> spending money if the Mets stay hot, like get hot in the beginning of the season to all start break, I could see them making moves towards that end of the trade deadline and acquiring a few more players to help buff that roster up to get ready for the back end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to say, I think Steve Cohen has been doing what Hal Steinberg and Brian Cashman should be doing. And yeah, I'm not going to get too much into it because we'll be here all night. Yeah, that's a lot adding for Dan. We don't want them to go through that suffering. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, look, I, I, I understand the pain, Bill. Um, me, but the Mets have to – now the Mets have to walk it, though. You know, there's all talk, and they look great on paper, but now they actually have to play well. Yeah, Steve, and, Cohen, you, you talk the talk. Now you got to walk the walk. Yeah, so – so th- th- that's the thing, but I-, I have very, I'm very much confident the Mets will definitely do that this season and make a World Series run. It's a dangerous team, dude. So oh, feel like they're they're gonna love it out in Queens. I'm telling you, man. All right, and to wrap up, let's talk about the team that's still in a World Series hangover, the Washington Nationals. Damn, they're still in a World Series hangover after I... <laughs> almost four years, after three years. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you guys are still stuck in 2009. So hey, I'm we not... accepted that we no. suck at this moment. No, I've been very critical of the Yankees. I know you have. I just gotta oh. have a little fun. 
You just uh, get a bill going. Hey, no, I I've gotten over it too. I folks, he's just being a he's just being the Yankee hater right now. Uh, I'm not. I ne- I never stated that I hated the Yankees. Well, your actions would say otherwise. I do not hate the Yankees. I just hate the fan base sometimes. I think I think Reg, myself, and I know you have some other Yankee fan friends. I think we're like the only Yankee fans you actually like. I, I, I like it. most of my friends that are Yankee fans. I like because they're good Yankee fans. I just can't stand bandwagon fans. The one, regardless, regardless. Here talking about the Nationals offseason um, additions. Nelson Cruz, Cesar Hernandez, Sean Doolittle's back. Steve Sis, uh, Sis Heck, Anibal Sanchez, Aaron Sanchez. And it's like the Nats are like, hey, we're not going to spend money like the Yankees either. Or the, so they, the Mets. So they, they, let's be real. The Nationals almost almost had Juan Soto for another 10 years yeah. had he taken the contract and Juan Soto declined the contract. So, yeah. Um, well, Hopefully, uh, Juan Soto will. I'd say there needs to be a better offer. Well, well, I think he wants to test free agency. That's he wants to idea. test it, and just like Mr. Harper did, and then he's going to end up somewhere. I'm going to rip my ponytail out. <laughs> well, I would do everything to make sure Soto stays in that. So. Oh, I would too. Because as – as Mr. Harper, as I wanted Harper to say, because he was he could have been the successor to Ryan Zimmerman. Ron right. Soto should be the succession to Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah. And fun fact, well, not fun fact, I'm going to Zimmerman's retirement ceremony. Yeah. Awesome. Can't wait. That? Uh, June 18th, I think. Mm-hmm. So you're going to DC for that? Going to DC for that. My buddy got tickets. Oh, nice. that's so cool. I'm so happy for you. I'm happy too. But for the Nationals, I say call up um, their pitcher in the minors. That's in AAA right now. Uh, double C, uh, double C, Cade Caval. Okay. Seven and nine in the minors. Not bad. But that was just for 2021. They, they say he could be called up this year. Um, only gave up five home runs, 96 hits, 60 base on balls, and 175 Ks. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> it's all good, Patch. It's all right, but it's it's okay there, good buddy. So that's my thought. So that's my thoughts on that. So call him up. <laughs> call him up. Team up. Call everyone up for the heck of it because this team <laughs> is not ready for another World Series for a while. So which I I'm have, fine with. So I have to say, um, so do you guys believe opening day is next Thursday? It's uh, great, man. I can't it wait. It should be this Thursday, but you know. What the hey. It's when, all it's over. It's over. Bill. It's over. We got baseball bill. That's all that matters. Hey, but you know what? Like I said, one week delay, not too bad. So yeah. that and that that's a great point. Um, yeah, I cannot wait for I cannot wait for opening day. <clears throat> it's gonna be a great time. Oh, it's gonna be a great time. <laughs> I'll be at work. So I won't be able to watch. Yeah, but now I'll be drowning in misery because the even though the Yankees are playing against the Red Sox, the Knicks are probably going to be out of the playoffs. And speaking of playoffs, <laughs> NBA playoffs. NBA playoffs kick off April 16th, so they're almost here. So, hey, let's get to it. Who do we think has an early – Front runner as NBA champions. Hmm. I'm going to say, I don't know. Somebody else go before me, please. All right. Just to go over real quick um, teams eliminate already Oklahoma, the Rockets, the Magic, the Pistons, the Pacers. Out. A playoff contention. Phoenix already has the best record. Um. Yeah. Do you think uh, Phoenix could could go all the way or no? Uh, I hope. I you know what Phoenix. The last few years has been proven that with draft picks and some trades here and there that they can build themselves a decent team to make a run in the NBA playoffs. Okay. 
you know, I think they can win it all. But other teams still out there. You always got to keep Milwaukee in conversation. Miami, always in the conversation. Um, Miami Heat, the last couple of seasons, still hanging around. Golden State, Dallas. Um, there's Denver, Utah. What about uh, Miami? How do you think Miami could do? In- Miami? I mean, my, if, my, Miami surprised a lot of people a couple of years ago. So I would give Miami a shot. It pains me to say um, Trey Young's team, if they somehow find a way to squeak in, I think the Hawks can make a run. Danny boy, early NBA predictions for playoffs. Uh, well, the Celtics are red hot, so they'll probably cover that one seed. If not the one seed, definitely the two. Hundred um, percent agree. I think they could probably take a one or two seed. That six game winning streak. Uh, it's pretty dope what's going on so far. Sleeper team. We, can we give props though to the Charlotte Hornets? Mm. For jumping the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> into that eight seed, the Nets are now the ninth seed. So, if you mean to tell me that the Nets, if the result holds, they're gonna be in the playing game on the road? What? Come on! Oh, that would be that. That would be magical. That's just that is unbelievable. Keep it would make. Mind. It would make every Knicks fan happy. Keep in mind, the Nets, at the beginning of the season at least, I don't know about now, at the beginning of the season, were the favorites to win the final. (laughs) So, And that will shut up Mr. Urban a little bit. And, and yeah, and I mean, he gets to play in New York City now, so, you know, he'll be scoring 50 a night if you can. Um, Look, all this does is to just vindicate all of the people that were Brooklyn Nets at one point that were ghosted, scapegoated, thrown under the bus by Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in order to build this big-ass super team. And it's blowing up in their faces right now. Blowing up in their faces. I am so happy for this. And look, I was fine with the Nets. In 2019, 2020, I was fine with the Nets. They had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. I didn't care about that. Yeah, that's fine. But they had a good supporting cast that featured players like Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and a good coach in Kenny Atkinson that are no longer on the team because of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. If, if if Brooklyn burns down, I would love to see it happen because it'll make every it, will, it, it would make every Knicks fan's dream to see Brooklyn crash and burn. At this point, just let the world burn. Let <laughs> Brooklyn burn. I don't mean literally, but yeah, literally. Let's rebuild the town. Brooklyn's a nice joint. <laughs> hey, Barclays Center is a nice arena. I was there for an event. I I've never been to Barclays. I should go sometime. <clears throat> very nice, very nice arena. All right, switching to the other playoffs that are going to start very soon. We got the NHL playoffs kicking off on May 2nd, so a little more than a month away. And there's only been one team hypothetically eliminated from playoff contention. That's the Canadians. So we're sorry to resident Montreal Canadiens fan uh, Noah Trumbly. Yeah, rest in- <coughs> Sorry, Noah. In the great words of the pun master, uh, Montreal's run only happened last year because of the North Division. And they got <laughs> lucky in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, look, it, it, obviously, I, I'm not a huge hockey guy, but like, it's it, it stinks to not have the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs because they're a premier NHL franchise, so. No, I, hey, most, I, most I hope Stanley the, Cups. Yeah, most so Stanley I, Cups are 24. I, so uh, obviously I feel horrible for the fan base, and I, I wish them well in the future. Hopefully they'll put on a product that's not me, that's not terrible. 
we'll say, you know, minus, you know, like the, the, the usual playoff teams like Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, uh, Toronto, uh, Nashville, the Blues, the Penguins, a couple other teams in the conversation that are doing very well this year. Like the Florida Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes, Avalanche are surprisingly doing good this year. Minnesota's doing good. The only disappointment for me this year is Danny's other hockey team, Seattle. Hold up a second. <laughs> First of all, they're an expansion team. So I get that. We can't expect them. We, we're, not every team's going to be like Vegas. As a I, matter of fact, Vegas actually had an upper hand based on older entry draft rules and stuff. No. So, you know, they were able to fleece so many different teams and they built the Stanley Cup winner. Almost did. I almost a Stanley Cup winner. Yeah. And, of course, now the the, the NHL has since changed those rules and clearly the, the, the Seattle Kraken hasn't had the same results. So... Uh, you can't really expect it all. No, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting lightning to strike twice in the same spot with Seattle. I just, hey, for first year, you know what? For a hockey team, not bad. Yeah, they'll get there. They'll get there. Well, they they're, will. They'll, they're, they're, they're going to get there in the next few years. With yeah, and they're, they're in last place in the Pacific, so they'll, they'll get there. They'll get there. They'll eventually. They'll, they'll find their way. Winnipeg's in the mix too right now for playoffs. So, with that said, our last piece of business for the night the interesting trade that happened with Miami Dolphins acquiring Tariq, Tyreek Hill for five draft picks. And then, the, and on top of that, Miami gave him a four year, $120 million deal. What WTF here? Yeah, teardrop, you know, teardrop to all the. Um, I feel you, Jets fans, because he, he used, he used us to get to Miami. The fucker, Bill. First, I want to say to Reggie. First, I want to say to Reggie and all of our beloved Jet fans, we love you and everybody hurts. REM, don't sue me. Um, but anyway, that's a Giants fan base the last four years. Pretty much. But anyway, I I don't know really how to feel about this trade. I, on one hand, it kind of makes sense. Okay, the Dolphins get Tyreek Hill. But you know how much freaking draft capital you had to give up? I mean, the first uh, 2022 first round pick, number 29. Second round pick, which is number 50 in this year's draft. A fourth round pick plus a fourth and sixth round picks in the 2023 draft. So, Do you think that's a little too much draft capital, though, Patch? I, it, to me, I would have not given five draft picks. It would have been four draft picks. I would have not given the sixth-round pick. If not, if not, you don't include the fourth-round pick in the 2023 draft, and you just give them the sixth. Yeah, I, I think Tyreek Hill, it's about what he's worth. I, I would say that. I, he's a star receiver. Like, you know, you're, you're going to – Give up a lot to get a star receiver. Now the Jets, they tried to fleece the heck out of the Chiefs because <laughs> they did not offer a first round pick at all. They did not offer a first round pick. No. So then the, the the Jets would have been unscathed with Tyree Kill, and they would have had the four and the ten. Oh, so they would have the Jets would have kept their two first rounders this year. And only give up a fifth and a sixth. Like, you know, it would have been a huge place. Um, but like I said, it was a pipe dream anyway. Tyreek Hill wanted no part of the Jets. Who would? The Jets are a terrible franchise. And um, Tell yeah. Tell me really feel, Reg. <laughs> but, but, but you know what? I'm okay not having Tyreek Hill. I want to build on Elijah Moore. Braxton Barrios and all these different stud receivers that we have. I like to build off of that. 
this young core of Jets that we have. So it's all good. Now, as for the Dolphins, I mean, you get a star receiver. You finally get a star receiver on that team that could probably help uh, Tua. And, um, you know, the Dolphins are, you know, they made a big run last year to try to get into the playoffs. Now, for sure, they're going to be a playoff contender uh, in 2022. Because you know who's really happy about this? Our dear friend, Mike, the pun master, Rifkin. And he was glowing when I was talking to him. And he's doing backflips right now. <laughs> hey, good. No, good for the Dolphins. Yeah, it's great for the Dolphins. I'm happy. I'm happy. Good for the Dolphins. But you know what? I'm curious to see what's going to happen down the road, though. So, hey, you know, time will tell. Do you think, though, um, this is now going that the Chiefs are still a big threat in the AFC right now without Tyreek Hill? Mm, so maybe, maybe it depends because a lot of team, a lot of teams got good in the offseason in the AFC. A lot of teams got better. So Reg, I mean. I think the Chiefs they'll they'll find a way to do I me. Mean, they have a good offensive system, so they'll find a way to get it done. Even if it means they have to go and get someone in a draft. So they've done, it, they've done it so many times before. So do it again. The Jet fan struggle continues. No, because the Jets are actually they're actually getting better. They actually had a good free agent period where they signed a lot of good players. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not as worried as I was last year. Last year I was like, oh, I don't know where this franchise is going. Now I see something. I see a vision coming out of Joe Douglas. So I, I can't really be mad. Well, my struggle continues, but yeah, but the Giants are in year one of a huge, huge facelift. You, you, it's going to be a couple years. And believe me, Joe Shane has a vision for this Giants team, which does not include Daniel Jones. So that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Expect the Giants, unless they, unless. This- Unless Dable and company overachieve, expect them to really, really, really stink this year. I'm just going to say this. This is Daniel Jones's prove-it year. No, it's not. No, it's it's been... No, it's not. No, it's not. No, like the Giants have said, they will not... They said, unless he does good this year, they're not retaining the fifth-year contract. I think Dable could... Now, listen, I don't have a crystal ball here. But I think Dable could work with Jones. I think he could work with him. And, you know, one of the reasons I was screaming for Mitch Trubisky, I know I was one of the few people who was doing that, who was Mm -hmm. screaming for Mitch Trubisky, is because Mitch Trubisky has worked with, with Brian Dable when Dable was the offensive coordinator in Buffalo. So he also knows Dable's style of coaching and he could have really been that right-hand man for and he really could have been that mentor and role for Daniel Jones but and I also think look what Dable has done to Josh Allen I think maybe he could do the same thing for Daniel Jones but we got to wait and see and if Daniel Jones sucks I'm going to be on here and saying yes get rid of him but the, 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 the problem is you're taking a quarterback that hasn't really proven anything from an old regime. And now you're going to put him in a new regime, new coaching staff, new front office. Like, let's be real here, Bill. There's nothing left for Daniel Jones to prove other than that he's just going to be thrown out there on a very sucky team that's going to draft another quarterback, not this year, but the following year, 2023. That's the reality of the situation. They're going to be nice to Daniel Jones. They're going to play him. They're going to coach him as best they could. At the end of the day, Dable's going to want his own guy. Joe Shane's going to want his own guy. Daniel Jones is not their guy. So there's really nothing left to prove other than, you know what? I'm just fighting for my football life here. Maybe they can bring him back as a backup because Daniel Jones has shown some flashes. He can probably 
throw in as a backup or maybe put on put up a good game. But they want in terms of starting and building that stuff, they're gonna want to go with someone else. And it's not gonna be him. It's unfortunate, but that's the case. I don't know about what you think, Patch. Uh it's, t- it's, it's tough with the Giants because I want to see Daniel Jones succeed. He just doesn't fit in New York. Better yet, go out and get Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's going to no. have to find a new – Baker's going to have to find a new home soon because obviously Cleveland's moving on from the Baker Mayfield experience if the, because they're done baking with him. If the Giants get Baker, it clearly it, – it, it, that's such a jet move. It's crazy. Even more funny – you know what's even more funny? Having a, the, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever and having no wide receivers. Oh, my God. No, please please don't put that into anyone's head. <laughs> well, listen. Listen, my, my, my team needs wide receivers now. So. Hey, welcome to the club. Right now. Yeah, I can finally say I'm part of a club where I'm worried about my team. Let's be real here. Aaron Rodgers staying. That's actually bigger than you think. Oh, it is bigger. He loves it in Green Bay, so don't give up on it quite yet. I'm not. I I don't give up. He just doesn't God, give up. Just, just thank God it's not Jordan's love time yet. A couple more years. Couple more, more years. years. He he's not he's not gonna do anything for Green Bay, dude. Nope. Put it nope. to rest. Put it to rest, Patch. Nope. All right. With that said, let's wrap it up here. Danny okay. Boy, social media plug, please. All right, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, podcast Twitter at SIN Sports Insane. Uh, network Twitter is at S Insanity Real. Search us on Facebook. Search us. Uh, we, I think we do have an we do have an Instagram, by the way. We don't use it, but um, we're on Instagram. Search us Sports Insane Podcast, and um, more coming soon to that. <laughs> Hopefully, fingers crossed. At website patch. Oh, website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com to read all our blogs, learn about our history, and a bunch of other crap. That is the end of our show. I'm Bill Murphy. I am still a scrappy-voiced Lawrence Patch Van Lang. Uh, Danny Boy Reginald signing off. Tune in to more baseball content coming to the Sports Insanity Podcast. Yeah, check it out. And... This has been this has been the eighth inning of the seventh game of the Sports Insanity podcast from the Sports Insanity Network. We will see you next week, folks. Stay safe and take care. And namaste. Say goodnight to your mama because your mama loves you. Namaste.